Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spiritual Journey podcast. This is episode 57. Really excited about this episode. It's a special one. It's one where I get to interview Stacey Brown. Uh, Stacey's a good friend, um, met on Clubhouse. She's my co-host, and I get to interview her today. How cool is that? Uh, but before we go there, um, let's introduce ourselves. So introducing the amazing, the stunning, the Hitler extraordinaire, and now published author, Stacey Brown. Stacey, have to do that in today's episode. Come on. How are you doing, Stacey? I'm good. And, you know, we've been doing this podcast together for a while now. So it feels funny that, you know, you're interviewing me. Um, but I am very excited about this episode. Friends, my name is Stacy. I am a mom of four and I am intuitive. I've been intuitive my whole life, uh, but I really ignored the signs and messages for a very long time um, until I went through something life-changing. And I now dedicate my life to helping people through readings, through spiritual mentorship, through Akashic record readings and Reiki. And I also um, host this podcast with NIMS. And yes, I just published my first book. So there's been some exciting things happening in my world, NIMS, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So am I, because I get to interview you and I can ask you whatever question I want. Um, but yeah, just thinking about it, this is episode 57. I think our first, I need to go back, but I think our first episode together was 17. Wow. So that? We've done 40 episodes together. Um, usually, actually, we've been posting an episode a week. So, yeah, how cool. Thank you for being my co-host. And hi, everybody. I'm Nims Nimesh. Call me either. Um, I'm also a spiritual mentor coach, um, an Akashic record reader, and an Akashic trainer, as well as a podcast creator and host. And um, the mentorship program we channeled, uh, the Kashi Records, which I feel super connected to, has really changed my life. It's really kind of helped me understand that I'm a healer, my voice is my gift, and I love doing what we're doing. And Stace, this this um, book process has kind of consumed both of us, actually. I had no plans to uh, to help anyone write a book. I didn't know that was part of my destiny, but it clearly was. But I'd love to, to start by um, you talking a little bit about about the book itself and your inspiration behind it, kind of a little bit about the process that that, that we followed to get here. Um, I know we've talked about the book before, but it'd be nice to go in a bit of detail to kind of what was your, what was the process? Because we didn't follow the standard process. What was your, what was the process we followed to kind of get the book written, the manuscript out and the book out there? Well, so we should probably start with the inspiration because um, that is a, an important component I, when I think back on my life, I had had a lot of unique experiences and I had had people say to me over the years, you should write a book, but it felt like something unattainable. You know, I, I guess I just looked at it as like this massive goal that I had no idea how I was going to structure the memories into something, um, that would impact the reader. And I went through some really significant trauma four years ago. Um, I had a 17-year-old son at the time who was battling mental health and substance abuse issues. And um, he attempted to take his own life. And when that happened, it sent me on a very profound journey of self-discovery. And as I was healing from that, I felt the pull even more to write a book. So about, I'm going to approximate a year and a half, almost two years ago, I hired a writing coach that I met on social media and I paid him for several sessions to sit down with me and try to tell the story. And after several sessions, I had several thousand words of crap. I didn't feel like it was portraying the story in the way that I wanted to. I can look back on it now and I understand the story was still being written. But for me, 
I had this tremendous feeling of insecurity that the dream that I had to write a book was not going to be a reality for me. And I've been back and forth to the UK five times over the last year and a half. And on one of my visits to see you and spend time with you, um, I spent the day out in central London and felt this overwhelming drive to write a book again. And I came home on that day to your house and I was like, I've got to write a book. And you were like, okay, like, that's great. And I was like, no, I have to write a book now. I remember. And so we embarked on a journey that was very unique. Um, you know, we sat with these giant pads of paper, kind of making an outline of the things that I had been through in my life and what was significant to the story for the reader. And we just made bullet points. And I was really stressed, like, how am I going to sit in front of a computer and type out this story? Because my thoughts come so much faster than my fingers can move. And you had the genius um, idea for us to record me telling the story and then get that story transcribed into a manuscript, which is exactly what we did. So the process was very unique in the way it unfolded. Um but I think what's even more powerful is God's timing is so much better than ours. And I just believe that my higher power knew at that point I was ready to start telling the story. And it felt very divinely led. Um, and it was it was a powerful experience to walk that journey with you. Yeah, I feel I feel so blessed to be part of that process. And you know, our idea to, to record the book, um, I have no idea if anyone else did that. It's that, you know, but it's just, it's important we listen to our nudges, right, our messages. Um, at that point, I just heard you talk and tell your story on Clubhouse, the social media app that we met on, and I just knew that you're a storyteller. And it's just, you have this gift and ability to, when you tell a story that, people feel they're there with you. It's like, you know, you're, you, you said it, you, you talk from the heart and the the soul and just, you know, you take people on that journey. And it was just, yeah, I feel so blessed. Um, I think it's a very important point to make too, that I am a storyteller and not a writer. And it's something that I've, I've kind of had conversations with people since the book came out. And I've had a lot of people say like, I'm not a writer. I could never write a book. I wouldn't constitute myself as a writer. I would constitute myself as a storyteller. And I found a way to tell the story and turn it into a written book. But yeah. I would say there's a yeah. big difference between a writer and a storyteller. Yeah. And I guess that's the message to our listeners is, you know, we'll talk later about the you know, advice we have when we're writing the book, but it's that whatever we do in life, follow our own process, right? Make our own rules. There's no, just because if if there's a process that works for somebody else, it doesn't mean we need to follow the same process, right? The the paradigm, the world that we're shifting into is really unique, right? We're 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 souls having human experience, and which means that we've got to follow the process that right that's right for us. I have no idea how many other people have recorded and transcribed a book like we did. Um, it just felt like the right thing to do, and it's something that worked for us. And I don't really think any of us, either of us, knew how long the process is going to be, you know, in terms of, I really feel um, that we just trusted the process. And I think that was an important part because if we started to really get into researching, how do we get a book out there and the different processes and, you know, I think we would have just got lost in ourselves. It's like starting this podcast. I, when I first started, whatever, I was waiting to get the right mic and write the right setup, the right software. Sometimes you just got to just jump in. And we, when you came home that day, um, you know, it brings a smile to my face because it's like you came home and you got, it's like the book was on a list of things to get done while you were here, but it was on a long list of other things that we were working on, including the mentorship program, which we channeled on the same trip. And, um, but when you came home, there was, there was a, a determination and energy about you that was inspirational. It was just like, 
we've got to get this book out. I was like, all right, let's do it. I'm, I'm in. But it was just like, uh, just a drive that was bigger than, bigger than us, bigger than you, bigger than me. It was just a, and it was just, yeah, it was, I was like, all right, let's get it done. And you, you, you sat there and recorded it. I mean, we did the notes and stuff, I think over a day, but you recorded the whole thing, first draft in three days, which was really inspirational. That's, um, I'd love to hear more about that process of how you felt recording it, um, kind of how deep you had to go to get this story out. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, you know, when you go through something in your life that's life altering um, and traumatic, it's hard enough to live through it when you're going through the process. But I found that reliving it was equally as painful because when you're telling the story to, to the reader, you have to take them on a journey of being there. And so I had to be back in the hospital with my son, with machines doing the breathing for him and his body laying there in a, in a comatose state. I had to recollect the smells. I had to recollect the sensation of walking down the hallway to his room every day. I had to um, take myself back to that place that I didn't even want to be in the first time I was there. And my feeling now is that I think that's why a lot of people don't write a book because the idea of reliving something that you've already been through that's so deeply painful to relive it again is significant. And let me just add, I didn't relive it once because we recorded the book, right? And then we recorded another draft and then we had to revise some of the drafts. And then we had to read through the manuscript and we had to make corrections. And there were so many things over the year and a half of reliving, reliving, reliving. And now- and Don't forget, we recorded the final version for Audible. So you have to the whole thing again again. Right. So then recording for Audible, I had to relive the whole book again, the whole story again. And I will be honest. I think if I had known that I was, that it was going to feel like that or that I was going to have to do that- I don't know if I would have done it because it was so triggering and there were points where we had to stop because I would break down. Um, it was, it was super challenging. The beautiful thing now that it's out is that I was true to the story and I was true to the events that happened and I'm seeing people getting something out of it. You know, I, I've read memoirs before and people can tell a great story, but what's in it for the reader? And we decided to go with a really unique approach where the end of each chapter has a life lesson and an open-ended journal prompt style question for the reader, because I didn't want the reader to just read my story and not have a takeaway. I wanted there to be some way that the reader was going to benefit from me telling the story. And I love this unique approach because I feel like it's it's giving the reader a takeaway. It's giving them some thought-provoking questions to dig deeper into their own journey. And ultimately that's the goal, right? I went through all of these painful things, not to just say like bragging rights, I survived these horrible things. Like I didn't want that. I wanted it to be, this is what I've faced this is my insight from it. Now, what insight can you gather from, from your experiences to incorporate into your own life? Yeah, I love that. And it's just that your determination through the process to, to not make it about you and just your story, but to inspire others to change was kind of inspirational because it's easy to kind of get lost in your story, right? You've been through, and I tell you this quite often, I don't know how one human can can go through as much as you did, right? And sometimes, you know, I, you know, I know our soul chooses the kind of the growth that we need in our human existence. Um, and sometimes you wonder, why did your soul choose to go through so much? Um, but your process of 
being determined to not make it about you, but about the story and the growth, I, I think was really, really inspirational. It's that, and as I think about this podcast and the process you know, and the conversation we're talking about, the same logic of being guided and trusting and just taking one step at a time can be applied to anything. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, yes, it's about the book, this podcast, but actually I feel there's such a deeper lesson here in terms of just trusting that there's a higher force, there's that trusting our guides, trusting our nudges, and maybe not looking too far ahead. Because um, mm-hmm. sometimes we get lost in how are we actually going to get this done? And it's like, if we just do it one stage at a time and trust, maybe it just becomes so much easier. Uh, moving on to, so look, I, we, already, we already talked about your determination and the mindset. Um, I'd love for you to talk about your why. Because I really that I really feel that was a big part of you know, it's like the way you the way you tell your story, um, and you said you had to tell it multiple times, you you relive the story. You go deep and you you know, I I was saying opposite you every time you recorded, I could feel your emotion. You were reliving every single painful moment to really get the story out there. And as you said, you read other memoirs and I'm sure there's people out there that tell their story but maybe don't go and live the same emotional intensity but even when you were re-recording everything for the audible version you were reliving everything I could feel it I was there with you it was just and that determination in you to just give your all to this book was was inspirational and you talk about your why a lot so I'd love for you to talk about what was your what was the what was the thing that drove you um in life, but also in this book, because I know there's kind of two whys, one just specifically for the book, but one thing I'd love for you to talk about your why and why it's important. Yeah, you know, I had somebody ask me a few years ago, and I don't even remember like the platform of, of how this question was asked to me, but I remember the question really sticking with me. And that was, what is your legacy? And I had never been asked that question before. And I reflected on it it stuck with me for a while after I heard the question and I recognized that my legacy for decades was riddled with guilt and shame. And I made my decisions based off of that space. And as my son plummeted into like severe issues and ultimately nearly taking his life, Um, I started to take a closer look at myself and what people don't often tell you is that when there's a trauma in your life, it can re-trigger trauma from the past. And so I found myself reliving my own struggles with mental health as my son was going through his, and it became clear to me that I had totally neglected myself through my son's experience and that it was up to me to change the legacy of what I was leaving as my mark in this world. And I made the decision that every day I was going to be committed to giving my kids a healthier mother today than they had yesterday. And that motivation brought me to a space of healing where I could share this story and where I could have the insights and the reflections. And my my deeper why for the book and the reason why I kept going through the process was very early on in the book writing process, I saw this vision of a woman anywhere between like her 30s and 50s who is just ravaged by a life experience, a plot twist that she didn't see coming. And I could see her walking into a bookstore and trying so hard to find a space where someone would understand what she was going through and would allow her the space to process some of that. And I pictured her like walking through all different sections of the bookstore and finally walking to the spirituality section and like her fingers grazing the bookshelf and landing on my book. And I kept thinking about that woman and 
it brought me this level of determination to get this story out, to be able to help her. Um, I still think of her every time I, like, I, I, I'm so not comfortable talking about myself. Like it really is uncomfortable for me. And before I do an interview like this, or before I, I get on clubhouse, before I do anything where I'm speaking about it publicly, I literally think of that woman because me using my voice might be uncomfortable, but if my motivation is to find that woman and to help her by making sure that my, my book gets in her hands, then it's worth me being uncomfortable, right? And yeah, I agree. It's it's so hard because like I'm so uncomfortable being seen. Like I I like my like quiet life. I, you know, I spend a lot of time alone. Um, I work from home. Like I'm, I'm actually by nature, a pretty introverted person. And yet when you write a book, you've got to use your voice to let people know that the book is out there. And so I just keep this vision of this woman in my head. I mean, it's, she's there with me every day. Every time I speak about the book, I think of her every time I do anything publicly talking about this process, I think of her. And I know that I'm leaving a different legacy for my children now. I know that long after I leave this earth, that book is still out there. And I know that it can reach generations beyond me. And I'm only one person, right? So using my voice is, is great, but having it in written word and having it out into the world is leaving a mark that I didn't even know I was capable of leaving. Wow. Leaving a mark that you weren't even capable, you didn't even know that you were capable of leaving. How cool is that? And I've I've seen you use that wire, that one woman in the bookstore. And that really kept you grounded because you weren't thinking about hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands reading a book. Because I think that would have consumed you because it's like, well, hold on a second, I'm going to be out there. But your why of that one woman and changing one person's life, one, it drove you, and two, really kept you grounded. And I, really, I think that's, the, you know, having a strong why in whatever you do really helps you on a day-to-day -day basis because it helps you understand the, your deeper purpose. It, it, it's almost like it takes you out of it and makes it more about your destiny and why you're here on this planet. So I love that. And I love how it kind of um, kept you grounded. Um, we'll talk more in a little while about how you felt when all of a sudden you realized that people are going to read more about you. And it's interesting when you talk about you know, you, how you feel and how nervous you get, how, how anxious you get. Because on the outside, if people were to look at you and see you on social media and on the videos that you post and hear you on Clubhouse and now see you as a published author, I really don't think people would would say that Stacey's anxious. She feels anxious. And it's just interesting how um, people see a picture of us um, and have an image of us and how things are in reality. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, it's so, it's so interesting that you say that too, because, you know, I hear it often, like people don't, don't recognize how hard it is for me because it comes so naturally, but that's the difference I think between um, like the desire to do something and a calling. And I feel called to use my voice. I don't feel comfortable using my voice, but I feel called. And it's interesting because it's like the thing that I'm being called to do was one of my biggest insecurities growing up. I've always been very self-conscious of my voice. Um, I've always felt, uh, this nervous feeling whenever I've been seen. And I mean, even right now, it's just you and me recording a podcast episode and like my hands and feet are ice cold and clammy and it, it's hard for me. It, and it's not, it's not just the challenge of speaking up, 
it's the challenge of being vulnerable in speaking up because I definitely don't paint myself as a saint in this book by any means. I um, expose a lot of myself and the decisions that I've made in my life. I expose the dysfunction of the home that I grew up in. Um, it It's a very raw portrayal of my life experiences. And it's, it's hard to think, like, if I think about it too much, it's hard to think about the fact that it's out there now. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I go back to, it's really interesting when you think about it, because I can relate so much to the voice. It's like growing up, I didn't have a voice and it's interesting. Now I really feel my gift is my voice. Um, and I, I'm pretty comfortable speaking, um, but I don't necessarily want to be seen. Um, but I know, like I know, I meant to, right? And it's, um, it is an interesting journey you go on. And that's, it's a really good message for anyone that's listening. Um, you know, it's really important that whatever you want to do, you have that strong why and you look inside. And, you know, we talked about the last episode, one of the previous episode about what are you afraid of? It's really important that if you find your why, if you find your calling and, if you are nervous about it, that you just jump in with both feet because what I found is even starting this podcast, once you start, it gets so much easier. Mm -hmm. We build something up and even with this process, if we thought about the end and finding the right people and how we're going to get out there and you know the process of getting an audible and all that sort of stuff, we knew any of that stuff. We I don't <laughs> I think I think we would have talked ourselves out of it because it was just it was a lot, you know, and even it was I mean, a lot. I mean, I, I'm, I feel so blessed being part of the process, you know, you, because one of the other things we haven't talked about is you changed your orbit, right? You, one of the things that I feel really helped is you, the space where some of the space where a lot of the things you talk about happened, if you try to record it in that space, it would have been almost impossible, right? And so one of the things that we did was you came here, right? I'm actually, I'm recording this podcast sitting on in my kitchen um and this is where we recorded the podcast right so um you know i felt that was a really important part of the process um changing your orbit somewhere where maybe your ego is not as strong and just recording it in a space where you feel comfortable um writing recording not everyone can do that but even if part of the process you could go you know, find a local coffee shop or a Starbucks and just spend a few bit time there typing if that's what you want to do. If you want to record it, find a different location. I really feel that was an important part of the process. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I've had people ask me, like, my life is so busy. How did you find time to do this? And I look at all the divine intervention that happened that I was blessed enough to be able to remove myself from my environment to process the story. I mean, I, I don't, I, looking back, I don't think this book would have come to fruition without that because it required me to go to a, a place of such trauma and pain that if I had had to do it in the environment that I was living in when it happened, I don't know if I could have walked through that process. And that's where I definitely think divine intervention stepped in and said, okay, we're going to provide you with a place on another continent where you can process this story in a safe space with somebody supporting you and holding space for you. So I don't take, I don't take that lightly because I have been asked that question, you know, how do you do it? My life is so busy. I don't have time. And we did it in such a unique way that we did it in like an isolated period of time where I was reliving the story and telling it. And that's how we got the manuscript. I think if I had had to, like, I, like I tried, but the writing coach, you know, I was sitting in the bedroom where I remember my son overdosing. I was like, I, I was in the space where the trauma had happened. And I think it was still so raw that that made it hard to process. And so I, I don't discount the fact that, you know, God stepped in and said, okay, I'm going to give you this safe space to process this with support. Um, there are so many divine things about the way the process unfolded, right? Like 
I thought I was coming there to visit you to study your mentor, Sidra Jaffrey. Um, I, I was convinced that's why that's why I was there. And after getting the the manuscript, it was like, no, I was here to write a book, right? Um, so it it definitely unfolded in such a beautiful way. I mean, even the way that we were introduced to the people who helped us with the process. Um, for those who don't know, I'm newly divorced. And so while I was writing a book and um, walking through the journey of building our healing business, I was also leaving my marital home, selling my dream home in the country, moving in with a friend temporarily and kind of upending my whole life all while coming out with a book. It was a lot. And during that time, um, I had a conversation with a financial advisor and I asked you NIMS to be on the call with me because I felt kind of intimidated. And we were talking to the financial advisor and she said something about having written a book. And we were like, you wrote a book? How did you do that? And we already had the manuscript, but we didn't know what we were going to do with it. And she introduced us to a good friend of hers who was the editor for her book. And we sent him an audio chapter of the book. And I think we sent him maybe a chapter or two of the manuscript. And he agreed to take on the project. And it was like through every step of the journey, we were blind. We were like, it, it started with me saying, like, I think I need to write a book, right? And then we us, were blind, but we trusted. We were blind, but we trusted, right? And and it's it's so it's so powerful to look back on it now and see all of the divine ways that like the powers that be stepped in to make it happen and to bring us to like each new phase. I agree with you completely. I think if we had known everything that was going to be involved, we probably wouldn't have done it because it there's so much unknown. Like people, people don't know the process of writing a book and you know what, I'm going to compare it to running when you decide that you're going to run a marathon, which is 26.2 miles, you have to train for a lengthy period of time if you're going to do it safely. And you have to start off with slow distances and pacing yourself. And you have to learn about running in all weather conditions. And you have to learn about how to fuel your body properly. And there's like so many parts to it people don't realize it's not just throwing on a pair of shoes and hitting the pavement at all. And I would say this process, same thing. You hear that, you know, I want to write a book, but you don't realize you need an editor. You need a copy editor. You need um, a manuscript. You need, you know, the, the right connections to, to make the process happen and to execute it. And it costs money, you know, like it's, it's an expense. And I don't think any of those things, did we have any idea what we were getting into until we were like in it? Yeah. And then it was like, we, we both became consumed. And I think that's, that's one thing that I have to add to this is that I've told you this before, but I want to say it publicly. Like I could not have done this process without you. I can't imagine I can't even wrap my head around the idea of walking through this process and the pain of it by myself. And I think though you didn't know that you were going to help someone write a book, you did. And it, it was everything from holding space for me to helping me navigate like how to do it, the ins and outs, um, to like our constant communication with the editor and the copy editor and the book cover designer and, I mean, this was definitely a team effort. I, I could not have done it alone. Thank you for saying that. And um, for me, it just felt like I was something I was meant to do. I didn't question it. Um, a lot of what I've done on this healing journey is, has been a, a leap of faith, right? Just a knowing and a trust. And, um, you know, when you said you want to write a book, I like I said, I had no idea of the process. It was just... Um, Sure, let's just, while you're here, let's just record it. And yeah, it took us one day to maybe write down the, the outline and then three days to record it. And that was in the last week you were here, right? Because with three weeks you were here before already and, you know, we channeled the, the mentorship program. We had I mean, so many other things on the list. And this, we 
for some reason we left to the last week and we didn't have a lot of time and we got it. But it's um yeah, so thank you for those kind words. I I really know that I was meant to help get this book out. Um it's interesting because um you know it is it's it's your book, but I feel such a kind of a it feels like I was, I mean, you call it like um, having a baby, right? I feel like I was in the delivery room with you getting this book out, right? So um, thank you for letting me be part of the process. I feel blessed to be part of the process. And, you know, I'm just looking forward to to getting the book out there to more people, right? Um, and you talk about um, how a few times we thought the book was complete, and we realized that actually there were still parts of the story that still needed to be told. And how did you feel about that in terms of a couple of times thinking, okay, now you know what, we've done the final recording, it's all done. Um, and then there's so much happening in your life in parallel that it kind of helped us realize that, well, actually, no, the book's not complete because there's still chapters that you're living. Mm -hmm. um, so can you talk more about actually how that felt, and I know you talked a little bit about what you were going through, but how the divine timing of getting the book out just more and more was happening and how you felt about the whole process. That's so hard because um, we're going to go there and I, I, we always go there, but it, it never one, one, one way Stacey can be, right? And I love that about you. Yeah. Um, so I felt really consumed by the process of, of writing the book. And I landed back in the U S after our initial recording of it and told my significant other who will refer to as Mark, which is his name in the book. Um, I told him that, that I wrote a book and I played for him one of the chapters and he said, um, I don't know how you remember all of this and you talk too slow. And it was my first significant awareness that I had chosen to live my life with someone who wasn't supporting what I felt called to do. And, you know, when we go through something physical, when our body goes through something physical, let's say we cut our arm. Over time, that cut heals and we might have a scar, but the injury is healed and we can touch the area without it causing pain. But it takes time. And for me, we got to a point with the book where I thought it was done and I was reliving pain that had, that had somewhat healed, but what was unfolding was a newer season of fresh wounds. And that was, as I'm writing the book, my marriage is falling apart and that wound was still fresh. And that was probably the most challenging part of this was that I almost felt confronted with a choice. I can stop writing this book and try to save my marriage, or I can finish out what I feel called to do and be true to myself. And I mean, I, re I can recall on one day being with you and we were recording um, a chapter called My Fairy Tale, where I talked about the process of my husband and I remarrying which we did, we were married and divorced and we remarried several years ago. And I was recounting the magic of that time and how beautiful my life was and, and what a beautiful space I felt I was in. And I asked you to take a break and I tried to call my husband to kind of reignite that fire within him. And he was unavailable to talk to me for like a full 24 hours. And when I finally got on the phone with him, the words came out of my mouth. If I stay in this marriage, it's going to kill me. And it was so profound because there wouldn't be a book if I stayed in my marriage. Well, 
the way you just put it, there wouldn't be a Stacy if you if you stayed in that marriage. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, maybe um, quoting a song from Drake, but uh, you know, everybody dies, but does everybody live, right? And um, you know that I remember that that you know when you told me about the conversation, it was just. There was a deep knowingness in you that I've seen a few times. And um, you know, I think about this episode and everything we talk about, and it's like, if I was listening to this episode, would I would I want to go and write a book? Um, guess what I'd say to our listeners is, whatever it is, whether it's to write a book, whether it's to start something new and if you have that calling inside you, then you have to trust it and take the first step. We are going through um, what what was mainly Stacy, but my supporting her process was to get this book out. Um, and I guess you know, letting you know that when you go through a process of something deep that is bigger than you, it does bring up stuff in you. But I've seen with Stace, and including myself, everything that came up had to come up. And in many ways, the book was healing. Was healing. It was healing you, Stace, at the same time as causing you pain. And um, you know, I look at the healer you are now, the person you are now, the one who's so dedicated, and you've always been dedicated, but who's so driven and knows what you why you're here. And I know, like I know the getting the book out there was a big part of that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just going back to, because I'm conscious that we've just talked a lot about the painful side of it. I'd love to talk a little bit more about how guided the process was. I know you talked a little bit about connecting with the editor, which was, you know, we wanted somebody who was willing to go um, on a journey with us, not just to edit the book, but really understand the process and be part of it. And and the editor we found was engaged, fully engaged and fully took on the project like it was his baby. And that's really what we wanted. But another, another example um, that I'd love for you to talk about was, um, I guess there's two, finally the name of the book. Mm -hmm. And the the cover picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really so, powerful. Yeah, so guided, so <laughs> so beautiful, and I just I want to go on to once you take that leap of faith, how God does show up. So I'd love to talk about that a little bit and talk about those two examples. Yeah, so um, you know we are talking about it in a way that probably has people like, okay, I'm never writing a book, but I I don't want it to sound like that. that. that that's I, what I'm I, I just really. I really believe when you're meant to do something like powers greater than you align for that to happen. And the process was daunting, but it was beautiful at the same time. And um, while I was visiting in the UK, you know, we had the manuscript done and it was kind of at a point where like, what's the name of the book? And you and I were driving to go to a cathedral, kind of take a break in the afternoon. And you said to me, like, do you, do you have a name for the book? And I'm like, no, I don't. And and I don't know why God would give me this story and give me this process of this manuscript and not give me a, t a title for the book. And you were like, have you asked? And my answer was no, I hadn't asked. And so we got to the grounds of the cathedral and we were walking near this kind of entryway, like stone entryway. And you stopped me and you said, you know, walk through it like you're walking into a new season of your life, which I did. And as soon as I did that, I heard the name Journey to Soul Center, Discovering the Gift of Surrender. And it came over me in a wave. And I knew that was the name of the book. And it didn't matter what anybody said about, you know, oh, it's too long or, oh, it's not. It, it didn't matter. It was like the name of the book was set and I knew it. And that was such a powerful feeling because 
it was so divinely led, right? And it was such a magical day. The weather was beautiful. The sun was shining and God was just like, let me show off for you again. And so- And how often don't we ask, right? It's just a simple, simple, and just so everyone knows, it's, um, if anyone's in the UK, the place is called uh, Waldham Abbey. It's a beautiful location. And there was like a a gateway. And um, honestly, when Stacey walked through it, her energy and her vibration was different. It was, it was just, it was beautiful to see. And there was a knowingness that is just, yeah, it was beautiful. Glad it was to be part of that and then, you know, um, I, I have these visions and I, I tend to like downplay them, but um, we made a decision that we were going to go, you, me, and my very good friend, Jesse, we were going to take a trip to Florida and kind of change our orbit for a little bit, getting some sunshine. And as we were embarking on traveling, I shared with the two of you this vision that I had of me on a beach in a white dress um, for the cover of the book. And so Jesse got on Amazon right away and started researching white dresses. And the funny thing is she found a maternity dress that a woman would use for pregnancy photos. And she's like, it's flowing. It'll work. Like, let's just order it. So we ordered it and we had it shipped to the um, Airbnb where we were staying. And when I pulled it out of the packaging, it was like freaking tissue paper. I mean, it was like so see-through and and it was all wrinkled. And I'm like, this is not, this is not going to work. So we went and we scouted a few beaches and then we ended up spending the day, the afternoon by the water at this really cool little like restaurant, outdoor restaurant. And Nims, I'll never forget that day because the three of us laughed so much like we, we just talked, we just had, we had such a great afternoon and it, and, and a couple margaritas, <laughs> right? Just to help um, along the way. A little liquid courage. Right. And then we grabbed the dress and headed to the beach and, um, something in me, you know, I'm not super comfortable with my body right now. I, my workouts haven't been what I want them to be. You know, I'm not in the best shape. And I was really self-conscious about going out on the beach. I mean, it's Florida, it's sunset. We're on a public beach. There's plenty of people there. And I just decided to surrender and throw caution to the wind. And we got out on the beach and took, gosh, probably 200 photos. And one of them became the cover of the book, which is so profound because we were just using our phones to take the picture. And it was just off of a hunch that I had for the vision. And between our creative efforts together that day and the help of the cover designer, we ended up with literally the exact vision that I had for the cover of the book. And it was beautiful. Just the process and just being there and, you know, you, yes, you had liquid courage and all that sort of stuff, but there was a, again, something came over you, you were just, whatever we told you to do in terms of taking the right picture, you were just doing it. Uh, Inside you probably felt uncomfortable, but you were just, just so determined to get this picture out. You had this vision. We both me and Jesse kind of could see the same picture because you described it so well. And it was just, it was just, yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful guided day. It was just like, cause you say it was and it's funny. Too, it's funny too, to look back on it because um, anybody who knows me, like I love doing makeup. Um, I was a hairdresser for decades. I love doing hair. And what's funny about it is when we went out there, I had no makeup on. My hair had been in braids. I just took the braids out and shook my hair out and took the pictures. And it was like so stripped away of any um, like filter. It was, it was like real in the moment, pure and I think the image on the book cover really speaks to the journey, right? I'm looking out onto the water, embarking on a new season and determined to be the best version of me, even stripped away, right? And so it it was a beautiful experience. And, and that's the thing. There were moments in the process that were hard and they were gut-wrenching and they were emotional, but there were also such profound moments through like, like we're telling you about finding out about the book title and then um, doing the book cover. There were just so many moments of, of pure beauty 
in the experience that I wouldn't trade for anything. I mean, those, those memories, just the way that, the way that that day played out leading up to the book cover and that we were making such good memories. Like I can look back at all the pictures we took that day and I just felt so connected. You know, I mean, we were, we were in good company. We were having a good time and we really had fun with the process. We really genuinely had fun with it. Yeah. And it was beautifully guided and Stacy being Stace, um, she's on the beach. We've taken all these pictures. Um, she's been in the water, so she's wet. And what does Stacy do? She finds a um, group of young ladies on the beach, just having a conversation. And what does she do? She starts talking to them about healing and she does a med- meditation on the beach. Um, that day was just a perfect example of who Stacy is having lots of fun, taking a leap of faith and doing healing all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it was beautiful that the young lady you were talking to on the beach, a week or two later, we were like, we were doing an Instagram live and, um, one of them joined us on the Instagram live, not, not live, but she was chatting on It's just, I love the beauty of the connection of, of what we do and just, but yeah, how did you, how did you feel after doing all of that, doing a meditation on the beach with some I young was cold. I was cold, <laughs> but it was, it was, it was a beautiful experience. And, um, I just felt so uninhibited in that space and, um, so aligned And I go back to the same thing. Like I'm not super comfortable being seen like that's uncomfortable for me. But when I get to do the work, like I was doing on the beach, I, I know, like, I know that I'm doing what I was put on this earth to do. I I know that I am meant to use my intuitive abilities to help people on their journey to healing. And I'm fiercely determined to help as many people as I can. And this book has just expanded that platform. It's just given me more of like a leverage to be able to say, this is who I am and this is what I do and this is what I've been through. And I think there is a really beautiful freedom in stripping away the filters and saying, this is who I am. And this season has been that for me. I mean, I, I've never been in a season of more unknown and yet on a daily basis, I receive confirmation that I'm doing. That's so beautiful. And I love how we've taken people on a roller coaster because this, the whole journey was a roller coaster, right? There was so many magical moments and there was also a lot of tough moments, right? That I had to see you go through um, that you went deep on, right? So, but it is that when you have when you find something that is that you're meant to do, it is deep, but also I, th- I really feel that we've got to make sure that we give space for God to show up. And mm-hmm. I love those stories because I really feel that was God's source, whatever you want to call it, your guides truly showing off. I just mm-hmm. um moments that we're never going to forget right so talking about moments moments you're never going to forget how did you feel when you received the final proof or the final or the you know kind of the actual book in your hand take us through that moment how did you feel after going through everything we've just talked about it became a, a fully fresh book in your hand well how so before we go there i probably should say that I became so consumed with the process of completing the book that I wasn't really thinking about a lot of people reading it. And so there was a moment when we had done the final revisions of the manuscript and we had to hit send to the editor. (laughs) And I think back on it, (laughs) I had this moment, there's no other way to say it. I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> like people are gonna read my book. <laughs> people are gonna read this. And it was like, because I had just been thinking about the one woman, right? Like in my head, it was one woman that I was helping. And I I held that vision. But when we hit send on the manuscript, I had this moment of <clears throat> oh my gosh, people are going to read this. And I remember just being so freaked out. I mean, because 
it became a mission to, to complete the process, right? Just like running a marathon, I knew there was a finish line that I was trying to get to. In the moment that we hit that part of the finish line and we hit send, I went into this deep space of panic. This is, this is going to be exposed for people to see. There's no filter in my writing. Um, and there was a lot of fear. Um, then you're waiting. You're waiting for the book. You're waiting for a copy of it. And we were very anxiously waiting. And I actually have the proof of the book sitting here with me because when you write a book, you get a copy of the book that is not for sale, that is for you to like preview and see if there's any errors in it. And it's called a proof. <clears throat> and even now sitting here with you holding it, I have the same sensation. Like, I can't believe that I did it. Um, I pulled it out of the envelope and I was so worried that it was going to look like a little pamphlet and not a real book. And um, the feedback that we've gotten has actually been the opposite of everything I had been worried about. What people are loving is that the majority of readers are sitting down and reading the book either cover to cover or within a couple of days and enjoying the fact that it's not a hard read. And to just... to Take think of all of the pain that I had to endure to get to this place is very humbling. Um, there's not a time where I haven't felt emotional holding the book. Um, when I read the back cover and I see like the effort that, you know, our editor went through to, to pull the reader into the story. And when I think about the journey of getting here. It's just so powerful. I'm sitting here right now, opening up the book and looking at the chapter titles and they just flowed. They were channeled. Um, when I look at this and I see my words, it is so beautiful because I don't know how other people make sense of the pain that they've been through. I mean, I know people who have been through horrific loss of a child, loss of a spouse, um, trauma, and they stay in a space of pain. And for me, I don't know how else to make sense of what we have been through and how it has ravaged me personally. You know, I can't speak for my other family members, but how it's ravaged me personally, I can't make sense of it without believing that the higher power that I believe in has a greater purpose in that pain, right? Like there's, there's a greater understanding or a greater need in the world for healing from this pain. And that's why we've been given the story. And for me, I feel like this, when I'm sitting here holding this book, it's my way of saying, okay, God, you put us through this pain for a reason. I'm going to do everything I can to find the purpose in it. I'm going to do everything I can 
to use this story to help other people because I can't believe that my higher power would allow my family to suffer without having a bigger purpose in mind for that pain to help others. And it's literally the only way that I can make sense of it. It's the only way that I can look back on all the things that have happened is to take it and to use the lessons that I've gained from it to impart wisdom into other people. Without that, I've suffered for no reason. That's what it feels like. And by putting this book into a reality, I feel like it's a way of saying, okay, we went through this because you're going to use this story to impact others. And so the feeling that I have is almost indescribable. And I remember like the first moment and just crying, like I did it. I did it. I did it. I did it. You know, and, and I know that I didn't do it alone. That's, that's the craziest part is that I see all of the people that stepped in, in this process that were divinely appointed to this, you, the editor, the cover designer, the copy editor, like there are so many people that I, I could not have done this process without them. Yeah. So true. So true. And it's that, it's that guidance, that trust um, and not looking too far ahead, I think is a critical part, right? If we, if we did look too far ahead, I think that would have just paralyzed us. So, um, and yes, Stacey, I think, um, you know, everything you had to do for the book is inspirational. I'd love for you to pick um, one of the, just pick whichever chapter you want and just pick um, one of the life lessons and the questions that there are at the end of one of the chapters, just to give our listeners a, an idea. Okay, so what chapter is this? This is chapter 16, um, and it's called Triggers and Childhood. And the life lesson says, there are layers to healing. We may believe we have processed the life lessons from our past, but as we face challenging circumstances, it can uncover programming and conditioning that pushes us to go deeper. And the question is, take a few moments to think about your current circumstances. Are there things happening that remind you of past events? Are you being impacted by the present or triggered by your past? What programming or conditioning that is no longer serving you do you need to surrender in order to heal? Wow. Wow. And yeah, I just, I love the fact that we took that approach and that made it about what's your takeaway and, um, Ask you that deep question that really kind of takes the the, the reader on that journey of, of self-discovery. I think that's beautiful. And um, so Stacey, as we close out this episode, and we could talk about this book for hours because we lived it for, for a year. Um, but yeah, as, as we, and we always leave the, the episode with a, you know, a couple of questions for, for the listener. Um, what would you like to leave the listener with in terms of anyone advising anyone that maybe wants to write a book? or is maybe embarking on a major project, what would be your questions that you'd want to leave with the listener? I mean, I would say the first thing is, um, what is your why? Like, why do you want to write a book? Or why do you want to accomplish that one thing? Because I believe that our why needs to be enough to make us emotional. And it needs to be enough that we feel an attachment to it that drives us beyond daily motivation. And I say that because there are times where the motivation isn't there and you still have to keep up the consistency of the project. So I would say the first thing is, what is your why? And really, truly connect with that. I think it's a great thing to journal about and dig into why do I want to do this? So that's the first thing I would say. And then the next thing I would say is um, what, what is the reader's takeaway? I think a lot of people have stories within them of things that they've been through, but how is it going to benefit the person, the audience that you're trying to reach? So I think that's another really powerful question. A lot of us have stories in us, but like, is there a purpose behind it that's going to benefit the person who's reading it? Right. Because I think that's really where we make the impact 
like I said, for me, I had this story, right? Riddled with trauma and dysfunction, et cetera. That's great to want to share that. But I wanted there to be a takeaway for the person reading the book. And so I would encourage you to dig into that and say, okay, what is my why? And what is the takeaway for the reader if I'm writing a book? I love that. And just add a, a third question is also, um, if, you, if you're embarking on a major project, what first step could you take today, tomorrow, that starts you on the, on the process of making a reality? Because sometimes we get so lost on the steps that we need to complete. Sometimes we just got to start and take the first step. Mm -hmm. So my question to the listener is, what's the first step that you could take today to truly live in the life of your dreams? Mm -hmm. Stace, I love, love, love sharing this space with you. I feel so blessed in everything we do. I feel blessed being part of the book process. Um, if anybody wants to connect with us, um, Clubhouse is always a good way. Clubhouse is a social media app that we talked on previous episodes where um, it's more of an interactive conversation. Um, it's an audio-only app, so you don't need to worry about how you look or getting dressed up for it, et cetera. But it is an opportunity to hear more, of, more from us and more of an interactive conversation. Also, um, we go live on Instagram at least a couple of, well, twice a week. So it's another way just to kind of, and it's more, again, more of a conversation similar to this podcast, a great way to connect with us. Um, as we're recording this, we have one place left on our group mentorship program, uh, which is going to start on March the 13th. And I'm sure we'll have additional um, programs that go. We also do individual mentorship. It's part of a mentorship program that we channeled when Stacey was in the UK over a year ago. And um, we've been changing lots of lives individually. This is our first group program. We're going to have a max of five people because we want to keep it small. We've already got four confirmed and we have one place left. So if you listen to this and it's, um, you know, it's uh, not March the 13th, reach out to us. You can book a free discovery call where we can take you through the mentorship program. We can talk about the group and the individual one on either mine or Stacey's websites. We also do Akashic Records and we do a unique experience where both me and Stacey um, do readings for you so you do get Divine Feminine, Divine Masculine. We also do Akashic Training. So lots and lots of ways for you to interact with us. We love, love this space. Um, feel truly blessed for all the messages we receive and all the people listening. It just truly does lift our soul. And Stace, I'd love for you to close us up. I always love doing this podcast with you, Nims. I feel like we're really making an impact. And, and the, the mentorship program that we're doing is 12 weeks. And we give you actionable steps to work on accomplishing and creating the life that you want so that you can align with your soul's purpose. It's definitely our passion and it's the greatest way that we help people. Um, we also do Akashic record training, so we can teach you how to open the Akashic records. So go to either one of our websites to find out more about what we do, um, or to order a copy of the book. You can also go to my website. Um, we'll leave all of that information in the show notes. We love it when you rate and review this podcast. Thanks for being here with us, friends. Thank you as always, Stace. And I will leave a link to ordering the book from Amazon US it is available in other countries. Um, so you can, if, if you're not based in the US, you can do a search for the book and I'm sure you'll find it. It's also available on Kindle and Audible. So I'll leave all those links in the show notes as well as our websites, etc. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, for sharing this space in this days. Thank you for all the listeners sending everyone lots of love and light. I'll be back very soon. Bye for now.